TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled, and we are back for the second week in a row. I didn't actually think we would get to this week. Uh, joining me uh, again, uh, my my former pad- podcast wife and now my podcast bit on the side, Mr. Paul Tolley. Paul, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm I'm a year older. Well, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a week older, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. it was my birthday on the weekend, so it's been good. And, and to my happy birthday, I Paul. didn't even know, and Thank I am, I'm disgusted, but happy belated birthday. Oh, I was disgusted. And, and this episode <laughs> nearly didn't happen because I didn't get any wishes, but it's fine. But what I, what, what I want to say straight from, straight from the off is thank you, everyone who tweeted or messaged or DM'd me um, with such lovely feedback last week and just welcomed me back. It was blew my mind that was that was the that was the best birthday present i could have had um you were all so lovely and thank you glad you enjoyed it yeah the uh as i said to you before we start recording the amount of uh people who have uh, got, uh contacted me and said we're so glad to, uh, that paul's back and yeah it's uh amazing even pushing me to bring back why we watch which uh yeah i just don't, I don't have the time for this show so how I'm going to squeeze while we're watching is uh, another thing. But um, we are joined by um, our third wheel, yeah, the the, the bad penny that that keeps rolling back. Um, a bit on the side of the bit on the side. Yeah, our yeah. S- sad sad chick, uh, Mr. Ray Cash. Ray, how are you? I'm very accepting of my monikers. Absolutely, that's that's pretty that's pretty pretty correct. I'm fantastic, actually. Now that I've caught my breath, yes, <laughs> you've had a very busy uh, ninety-five minutes. <laughs> um, but um, this is essentially the the first real episode back after after um, the the kind of reintroduction last week, and we're getting into what what's going to be the majority of the the format that uh, Badlands takes uh, from from now on. Uh, we're getting into what ifs, the what ifs of wrestling, uh, where we're going to take um, a subject or a topic or a wrestler or just something in the wrestling world and and put a bit of a twist on it and and come up with what if that changed. And Paul uh, graciously gave the the first topic last week, and uh, I believe it was what if AEW was never a thing. Um, so yeah, we're going to come up with our own kind of uh, interpretations of that and um, what we feel the the wrestling landscape would be like uh, if that hadn't happened. Um, so yeah, let's go around the horn and 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 give give what we would think would would happen if AEW wasn't a thing. And I think with it being Paul's topic, I think he should he should lead the line and uh, and set the bar. So Paul. What would happen if AEW wasn't a thing? <laughs> well, I've just thrown a load of ideas down, and I thought I'd spit out a, a, a few. 
a few, yeah, a few, <laughs> a few tidbits, and then and then get, then get your thoughts on it. I don't know. Um, or do you want me? To, do you want me to put forward the whole scenario that would happen? My whole vision of twenty twenty one. If just I'd say just reflow it. If there's points that uh, that me and Ray feel we can interject, then maybe um, we jump in. But yeah, just uh, can, I, can I practice real quick? Vito. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. No oh my bad. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I've I've got to go back to to where it began. Obviously, it began essentially outside the Tokyo Dome on the first of January, 2019 or 2018. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Way back when. So so I think I think one place that would look pretty different right now is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and particularly their expansion plans into the United States, I think would look a lot different to what we're seeing now. Now I know that they've got, they've got their, um, their American shows going on and they, they do seem to be going down quite well for what they are, but they're by no means, they're by no means big drawing shows, are they? Whereas before AEW launched, they obviously New Japan teamed up with Ring of Honor for Supercard of Honor. Okay, piggybacking a bit off the WrestleMania weekend, but still, what was it ten thousand people, whatever, whatever turned up to that show, and there was a lot of clamor for for New Japan Pro Wrestling in America and in the UK, um, and the Elite were driving a lot of that. So I f- I think we'd see a much bigger New Japan of America. Um, a much more a much more successful New Japan of America, and I just want to put in here. Th- th- this is quite difficult to. I, I noticed went halfway through this. It's quite difficult because COVID happened as well, which is a big cloud hanging over everything. I'm, I think I'm kind of talking as if COVID didn't happen. Um, it's hard to it's hard to split <laughs> split the two the two factors because sure. obviously that has a massive effect on how how often new japan can run america as well but yeah i think going to new japan you've got kenny omega would have i think would have had a much longer title reign over there he would have been a much more prominent part of the show than he was well obviously he, he left after wrestle kingdom 13 um and uh, yeah their expansion into america would be would be big and It'd be, it'd be interesting to see who they'd be working with now in America. So obviously they were working with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor have just pretty much disappeared, haven't they? Folded, but again, would they have folded if if the elite didn't leave Ring of Honor? No, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't. They'd probably be doing quite well. Probably be maybe the, the second biggest company in America right now. Um, maybe not the world because 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 of New Japan, but. Like I said, that super card of honor um, was the precursor to All In, um, and Ring of Honor was was big business before they left. So that's that's. I throw it over to you guys there after looking at those two aspects. What, what, what do you what do you think on that, or do you, do you think I'm off the money on any of that, or, or well, may, what do you think I, would have happened? Yeah, may I may of course. Me? Yeah, go for it. You're just going to veto every. You can only do it once a show, you know. Those were the rules. (laughs) (laughs) I just look. You know, I was my favorite part when I came on Battleland. We just vetoing. Um, No, so I think both your both of your thoughts are right. Spot on. 
New the biggest thing that hurt New Japan, as crazy as it sounds, wasn't just the elite leaving. I think COVID hurt them more than that. Because being that COVID shut down borders, how many of New Japan's wrestlers aren't from Japan? So like that's why they had to push evil to the championship. That's why uh Yo Yo uh, Yojiro Takahashi Yojiro Takahashi was in a proper feud with Okada. That should never happen. Ever. They brought Dick Togo back. Dick Togo. Right? And all these people are fantastic professional wrestlers. But one of these things is not like the other. Um, so that really hurt them. But um in both situations, I think there's one thing that you may not have mentioned or thought of is do the elite go back to both companies? Cody may I I I I truly firmly believe this. Cody, if 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 AW didn't happen, the only one of the elite that wouldn't have went to WWE was Cody, because he was hell bent on proving himself outside of the guys of the McMahon's. Not that he got beef with them, but that he just wanted to show he he wanted to show that I can make myself a star without you guys. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks have spoken ad nauseum multiple times, and Kenny, about how they were one night's sleep away from signing. Right? The Young Bucks got off with the greatest deal in, in, in professional wrestling history. By a long stretch. One year, great money, damn near guaranteed downsides, six months out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing... Roman Reigns don't got the... Brock Lesnar don't have that kind of contract, dog. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the one thing that may affect what your what your your points is because Ring Ring of Honor clearly would have been better if they stayed, but until Sinclair decides to give a fuck about it, they were already gone, always going to be fledgling, right? But I think, and this is just my idea, and I'll give it to Magsy, but I think Kenny and the Bucks go to uh, to uh, main roster. I think Hangman and Marty, before we know what happens, because this was before speaking out, they go and they run NXT. Um, there's and I want to speak about NXT when we come back around the next the next go round. But so I think New Japan and Ring of Honor end up being essentially where they were. You think exactly where they are, where they, where they were, because I, I think I, I agree with I agree with you that I think COVID. COVID hurt New Japan in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think AEW hurt New Japan in America. Yeah, spot on. Uh, spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to hold off um, really deep down into, uh, into breaking down Paul's scenario because I think there's a lot of overlap between some of the thoughts that I've got for, for my what-ifs. Um, but I, I do think you make some some great points that uh, that the elite leaving left a, a massive kind of uh, gulf in New Japan, especially when you look at how many of those kind of uh, those newer uh, Western-based New Japan fans weren't actually fans of New Japan in general. They were mm-hmm. fans of Bullet Club or they were fans of of the books or they were fans of Kenny. And when those uh, wrestlers uh, went and then you didn't get any kind of ready-made replacements, those that fan base dwindled because they followed where the, the books and Kenny and Cody went. Um, and I think 
them leaving New Japan left a, a massive um, hole that that we didn't get filled. Be, and I think COVID directly affected that. I think if COVID wasn't a thing, we would have seen more Western uh, wrestlers being involved um, to continue that that uh, influx into into um, into America and into Europe. Um, yeah, so I think COVID and the um, the the elite leaving had massive effects on on New Japan to the point where they they're probably only just recovering now. I would argue they're not even recovering yet. I, I mean, I mean, putting the belt on Evil, um, it didn't work. But Gedo has got a kind of um, um, he always tries things like that. Um, sure. I think. With with Shingo's champion, there's you can definitely see the 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 road to kind of uh, repairing uh, what what went wrong with uh, with um, New Japan. The fact that uh, Okada's involved in that push as well. Um, so I think I think there's definitely um, an upside now to New Japan, whereas for the last. 18 months before that, there wasn't. There was no real reason to watch New Japan because. What? The, the bigger stars had left. The reason why people got into New Japan had left. Tyler's probably the biggest fan of Japanese wrestling out of the three of us. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd argue that New Japan was always going to be fine at the top of the card because, number one, New Japan is not a touring... They're a touring company, not a TV company, right? Mm-hmm. So they were all... And, and they're based... Forgive me for using that buzzword, but work rate. So the matches are always going to be great. Shingo as champion means that you're going to have a minimum four-star match for your championship, right? So Shingo versus Okada, as much as I I may have Okada fatigue, is the perfect old school, new school type of clash. And Okada being old school, and he's like 30. It's crazy, but you know what I'm saying. The issue is, what the rest of the card look like, homie? Like, I know we're doing best of the Super Juniors right now. I know we're doing the uh, World Tag League right now. Cool. But I mean, like, you got three nights of Wrestle Kingdom now. Name me one other match that's not a ta- a title match. I give a fuck about. You don't have it, you no. know. So that's my thing. But go ahead, Tyler. I I, I think um just going on that. Yes, you got best of juniors, super juniors. Yes, you got the tag league, but they're the same tournaments as last year, which isn't their yeah. fault. Their yeah. rosters, their roster. They can't bring people in. Arguably, they could sign people from other Japanese companies on short term contracts to fill, just to spice it up a little bit, but. Yeah, there's just a repetitive repetitiveness at the moment, and like you said, the the, the lower card it just isn't, just doesn't have that pizzazz to to carry it. They've also been dreadfully unlucky with injuries. Okada was injured for a long time. Naito has been injured. Osprey got injured after winning the belt. Ibushi got injured in the G1 final. I mean, their star power has just been injuring itself. And you know, people have been saying this will be coming for years. They have warned against it. Um, so, yeah. Three nights of Wrestle Kingdom hmm. terrifies terrifies me. I've never been a fan of the two night uh, two nighter. I love Wrestle really? Kingdom was, I love Wrestle Kingdom was el- essentially eleven. It was eleven singles or titles matches, wasn't it? And I loved that. It was the one night of the year where everything was just top tier. Now, yeah. now you've got fresh. Yeah, I, I now you've like got the multi man tags on on a Wrestle Kingdom. It just doesn't feel right. I'd like to talk about that on, an, on another show about the difference between the marathon show or breaking apart. I think that's a fun conversation. So yeah. remember that. We'll talk about that maybe in next week or sometime down the line. 
yeah, we yeah, we've got we we've got down to diagnosing New Japan's problems rather than what would what would happen if AEW didn't exist. <laughs> um, what do you think so, of the ring the Ring of Honor port portion about Sinclair and how and them basically being a a a, a bad owner, an owner that doesn't care about their company? Um, and especially from my point, if the elite doesn't go back, do you still think that they'll thrive and still become the number two company? No, no, not, not without the elite. Okay. Not without the elite. And and I think you're right. I think actually you're probably right. All of the elite do eventually end up in WWE in, in one, in one way or another, apart from Cody. I think you're bang on with that as well. Um, but it wouldn't, I don't think it would happen so Ooh. soon. Um, and I think ring of honor would have continued to grow from the from the supercard of honor mo- moment and, and and got bigger and better better from there i mean i i agree with uh the the, the potential of the elite going to WWE again i don't want to kind of uh give my um my game away too much but i do think Cody Cody's whole plan before aw was a thing was to show WWE they were wrong to mm-hmm. not have him as a main eventer. He, if AEW didn't become a thing, he would have gone back to WWE in an instant if it was in the main event position because he wanted that recognition that he was as good as his as his dad. That's his all that's his all issue. He wants to get out of that shadow of being Dusty's son. And the way you do that is by going back to the WWE and winning the big title on the biggest stage of them all, something that his dad never was able to do. I agree. But the year he was gone before AW started, by the way, greatest year in indie wrestling history, debate your mama. Mm-hmm. But the year he was gone, do you think that was enough for Vince to say, oh, I need this guy back now? Vince, Vince for however many bridges he's burned, one thing that he will always do is his business. And he he would have seen how hot Cody had got on the indie scene. And I, I think he would have been happy to bring him back. I mean I don't think he wouldn't have I don't think he would have not brought him back, but I don't think he would have brought him back immediately like, oh pal, you gotta be pushed to the main event. It would have been Drew McIntyre all over again. We'll put you in NXT. We'll we'll we'll, yeah, we'll perhaps, put you through the paces. Perhaps, yeah. And I don't think Cody would have would have taken that if Cody and, wouldn't coming back with the guaranteed main event spot, upper and, mid card at the best. I don't think he's. I don't think he was going back. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe he left burning any bridges. It's only no. really when AW started that he he really kind of pushed that uh, chip on his shoulder about being forward WWE when he was on. on the the indie scene. He used the fact he was forward WWE as a way to get bookings and as a way to kind of draw heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think he would have been accepted back. Maybe yeah, you're right. He wouldn't have been instantly pushed into the the main event picture. But again, you use Moxley as an example. Uh, you used uh, Drew McIntyre as an example. He was the chosen one from from essentially from day one. Didn't live up to that hype just like Cody Rhodes was kind of like the apple of Dusty's eye, didn't live up to the harp, went away, did his thing on, on the indies, came back a different wrestler, a new kind of attitude, and, and that's what got Drew the push. Mm-hmm. And that's what could get would have could have got Cody the push. And I still think with AEW in business now, 
I, I would think that Cody would eventually go back to WWE sometime. Cody doesn't have a different attitude. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, we 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 fantasy booking here essentially. So I'm fantasy booking. He had a different attitude. Sorry, Paul. This is your baby, man. Please take where you want to go. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for my next kind of group grouped conversation. I'm gonna talk about three people: John Moxley, Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk. Now. It's my belief that if AEW don't come into formation, all of those are currently WWE wrestlers. Punk too. Punk too. I, look, CM Punk dipped his toe. I know. It, I know the argument is it was a Fox TV show, not a WWE TV show. But CM Punk dipped his toes back into pro wrestling. CM yeah. Punk got the got the bug for pro wrestling. I'm not buying that he saw AEW and he had to come back. Oh no! He no, wanted. No, no. He wanted to be a pro wrestler again. And if AEW don't exist, WWE is the only 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 company is going to be able to pay him. And he would have gone back. Uh, what that looks like, I don't know. I, f- I think he probably would get his WrestleMania main event. I think I think Vince, as as Max said, Vince Vince does, doesn't really believe in burnt bridges. If he believes in money, and bringing CM Punk back would be huge money for WWE. So That's I think leverage. He, Punk got leverage. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think he, he, he would just get everything he wanted, um, apart from safe working conditions. And help for his staff infection. <laughs> for his staff infection. In, yeah. in his contract, he has his own independent doctor that comes with him at all times. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> he gets all the Z-packs he wants. <laughs> um, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think John Moxley leaves or Dean Ambrose leaves because... Where would he go? Um, or, or Daniel Bryan? I, I think both both of those, no matter what they say about about their ambition, I, I think that I think their ambition stops at a big a big company. I don't think those two go to a smaller indie company like a GCW or even a Ring of Honor. Potentially New Japan for Daniel Bryan, but with a young family, I don't see it. So I think all three of those are WWE wrestlers in the, in this in this reality in this imagined reality. What you do you think? First, you want to go first? Um, again, I want to um, kind of hold off on. Show on your damn cards, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> Good God. Show no, your damn cards. At least one of the people who, who Paul um, uh, mentioned about, I want to kind of uh, uh, talk about in in man. So. Um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna keep my cards close to my chest. Um, That's but bad I, ag- I agree with a lot of the points Paul made. One of them, um, I definitely don't agree with, and I'm, and I'll, I'll mention that when it's matter. Paul, I'll give you the dialogue you want. <laughs> I'll, okay. I, yeah. Let me just, let me just cut in quickly. I do want to, yeah. I do want, I do want to put in that I appreciate. All three of those people would be WWE wrestlers. I think all three of those people would be a lot unhappier than they are now. I, 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 I don't think, I don't think it would be the ideal situation for them. I think they're all in the ideal situation for them now. But, but, I, so let me let me go through each individually. First and foremost, I do think that Punk has talked about how backstage is the first time he allowed himself to care about wrestling again. But I think the thing that really got the blood boiling was filming heels. With Stephen Amell. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he actually had to take bumps and actually had to do things in the ring for the first time in God knows how long. Um, I do think, I don't think Punk would Punk would have come back full time, but I do think there would have been some type of one off or appearance or match that would have done. Yes, so I can agree with that to to a small extent. Daniel Bryan has been open that he didn't want to leave WWE. He only left because he, you know, at this point, why not try something different, right? And if I'm going to work at a company that's going to give me, make me work one day a week, pay me comparably, and I can go everywhere, anywhere else I want in the world, why the fuck not? But yeah, I completely agree he'd still be a WWE superstar, and I disagree with you. I think he'd be really happy. And I think because Vince loves Daniel Bryan so much, debate your mind if you think I'm wrong. They'll tell you he's he, that's the truth. Um, Vince would have found a way to get that boy with New Japan and make some type of deal. Mm-hmm. You reckon? They're already try- they're already that- try- they were already trying to do it this year. Yeah. Wow. I hard disagree about John Moxley. John Moxley is the type of crazy, and I mean this with all love, not crazy bad, but the type of crazy, maniacal, um, creative type that wants money, will like to have lots of money, but don't give a shit about it. I can see John Moxley popping up in the armory down the street. In fact, if you don't believe me, GCW ain't paying them AEW checks, but uh, he pops up there every chance he gets. So I think he still would have left. I think he would have gone back. I don't think he would have burned a bridge. He hasn't burned a bridge, but you know, I don't think he would have been so happy to spill all the secrets and air all his grievances as he was because he had a place he know he can be for however long he wants that'll do what he support him and what he wants to do. But I, I think he would have gone back eventually, but I definitely think he would have left and ran the indies and did and just went them bingo halls and and uh got cut by fucking Legos and light tubes and pizza cutters and all that because that's fun for him. So that's my only disagreement is the Moxley thing. He was I think he was gone regardless. Yeah, I, I think you've taught me around there as well. To be honest, I, I, I think I think you're right. He probably would go and do a bit of that. Yeah, Mags, you seem to have a problem with him saying I'm right. I, I, I'm not revealing my card. Damn it! <laughs> Badlands was always about conflict. It was always about listening to one person's uh, viewpoint or one person's uh, research or one person's story and then coming in at the end and saying, that was some bullshit, veto, <laughs> and they're out. So <laughs> I, if, if one thing about Badlands is staying the same is I am keeping my shit to myself until it's my turn to speak. <laughs> I, I can't talk through this whole scenario because I bore people. It's there. Uh, I, I I keep I keep doing it in chunks. I'm loving um, it. So you're good with me. So I'm I'm right. I'm, I, pro- I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. His, his I'm writing notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like uh, a lot of the 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 ideas that you've you've come up with so far. Um, okay. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying that the way I'm looking at this, um, there's there's some similarities to some of the things that I think, and some differences, and. And uh, I don't want to kind of play my hand too early. Okay. So this one's more of a question, and it's related to what you just said about Moxley. So, so, so in our new scenario, Moxley, he's 
goes on to the Indies, does whatever he wants to do for a few years. Um, do, I don't know the answer to this. I genuinely don't. Has AEW negatively affected the indie scene or positively affected it, do you think? And how does how does that indie scene look different if AEW doesn't come into being? I plead the fifth. Max? <laughs> I, I think there's an argument for both. I think uh, AEW have has lit a fire under some indie wrestlers to essentially have somewhere else to aim for rather than the, the big bad WWE. Uh, the one thing that they have done that I've been really impressed with is is when they have the open challenges and they uh, they have uh, these indie wrestlers come in uh, and essentially give them the opportunity to, to come in for a match or two and, and kind of make a name for themselves. They did it with Warhorse. Uh, Warhorse was a very much a... Um, a niche indie wrestler with a who was with a burgeoning fan base. He came on AEW, and now he's one of the hottest uh, wrestlers on on the indie scene. So I think they've helped indie wrestling certainly in terms of getting eyes on products. But I also think that um, they've taken a lot of revenue away from some indie companies, uh, and a lot of those big name wrestlers who are now all elite. Um, they were the the selling point for a lot of these smaller companies, and they're now gone. Um, but that's the cycle of wrestling. Uh, your big stars leave. You need to have big stars ready to to uh, come from underneath. The the issue beforehand was that the big fish was WWE, whether that's through NXT or NXT UK. So you only had kind of one uh, huge company uh, kind of um, siphoning away your talent. Now you've got two. You've got AEW who seem to be signing up everybody who they can, and you've still got uh, WWE signing um, uh, wrestlers from from the indie scene as well. So there's two companies kind of uh, monopolizing the the indie indie scene. So I think it's been a double edged sword for indie wrestling. It's as probably as as relevant as ever in terms of people uh, viewing it, or it was at least until COVID happened. But there is also uh, a much smaller pool of big stars there for for the the indie scene to kind of uh, plant their flag in the ground, I suppose. So my answer is it's quite similar to Max, but I'm gonna be a little just a little different. I think they I think I can say definitively that they hurt the indies. Now, I think that they are very indie friendly. It's a big difference between helping the indies. Because as you said, yes, they are another place for them to attain to go and make good a, a proper living as a professional wrestler. That is major. They also have shown a huge propensity to bring indie bring indie wrestlers in and get some run, get a match or two, get a match or five, right? And we'll sign you. But when I think of helping the indies, I think of giving back and doing something for these indie companies. They're not doing that. They're taking, right? So I'm not saying WWE does it either. This isn't a uh, one of those things. But if you think about it, um, they're signing all these people. But when these people come over, when these people come, the one thing that WWE has done is they'll talk, like especially for the UK guys, they'll talk about their history and all these other companies and pick up these other companies, right? They even put these other companies on the damn network. AW doesn't even talk about these other companies, these indie companies. Right, unless they're a major comp major level like GCW, 
right? But I'm talking about some of these smaller indies, right? They're talking about uh, Black Label Pro. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about yeah. all the people that's come from Reality of Wrestling. I could name 10 off the top of my head that's done re- matches there. They don't talk about Reality of Wrestling on that show. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're I don't think they're I think they've hurt the Indies because they've taken more than they've given back. Giving an indie wrestler a contract isn't helping the Indies proper. And I, you know what I'm saying? I think that's my problem. And yeah. the one thing that he was doing, and I'll, I'll shut up after this, the one thing that he was doing to help the Indies was allowing his wrestlers to go wrestle in the Indies, and he shut that shit down. So... So, so do you do you think do you think indie wrestler wrestling is bigger if AEW doesn't launch? Well, it has to be because there's more yeah. places. These all these wrestlers that are signed to to uh, AEW right now. Yeah. If they wouldn't, if 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 your if your only place to go to make legitimate top level money is WWE or fly to Japan or go to Mexico. If you in the states, hell yeah, Brett Lauderdale better up his game up and go so he can go and he can, uh, so he can go and sign the Young Bucks for three shows, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like that. So yes, of course, these people are gonna be doing these smaller shows, and because of necessity, which is gonna force, it's gonna bring bigger houses, which is gonna give the promoters more money to spend. You know what I'm saying? So I, I absolutely think the ends would be better if AW didn't exist, but that's not AW's fault. It's just no, the way it is. No, no, and this isn't about yeah, right, right or wrong. It, it, it's just it's just a hypothesis about when. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if they I, exist I, or not. I, I'd I'd like to pony up a, a counter to that. Um, I think. Um, if AW doesn't exist, we're into this kind of still one huge company and everybody else underneath. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing AW um, has done is, has kind of opened a lot of wrestling fans' eyes to a world outside of the WWE. That's a great point. So, so I, I, I totally understand your rhetoric of, of, of um, the indie wrestling thriving because they haven't got uh, AW to compete against. But uh, on the flip side, I think AEW shines so many lights on an alternative to WWE that once people uh, were into AEW, their eyes were also then looking to the likes of GCW, to the likes of H2O, to the likes of Beyond, um, all these kind of smaller macro companies. Um, so I think uh, in that in that way, these companies have benefited from AEW being a thing in a way that they probably wouldn't have benefited if it was just WWE and then everybody else. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've got a li- I've got a list here, and I'm sure it's not an ex- exhaustive list whatsoever. But of people, I just don't, I just don't see ending up in WWE. So, the, so, so, you know, ninety nine percent of the fan base will never hear of them. So, so Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, Darby Allin. Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, we we just we hear about them because we're we're we're, we're nerds. in we're, we're nerds, but yeah. but you know the wider fan base just we'll, we'll just never never see those guys. The one I'm For unsure the about is MJF. 
for the record, let me say this. Yeah. Sammy and Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy would absolutely end up in NXT. You think? Absolutely. Jungle Boy is the son of of Luke Perry from 90210. He would have been in WWE. The only reason they didn't get him is because he's 22 years old when he got he was 22 when he got signed with AEW. They didn't get the chance. He absolutely would have been in WWE. Absolutely. That's perfect age for NXT now. That's that, that's their well, target. It's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> the MJF conversation is interesting. Hmm. MJF is built for WWE if he just wasn't such a prick. And then do, do you lose MJF if, if he's not such a prick? That and that's the thing. He's not the yeah. same guy. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think I, it would it would genuinely be sad that that um that those that, that collection and, and I'm sure there's many more don't don't get the exposure that they've got now. That's cool. That's cool. Um shall I carry on with what I've got here? I mean Mags is the one holding all these damn cards. Mag Mags is the dude playing Uno that has so, thirty okay. cards in mean, and twenty of them are draw force. I've I've got a feeling mine is probably gonna be the most brief. Um, so if you want, I can jump in with, with my what ifs and, and then we can circle back. Uh, I'll use the boss today, it's his choice. Yeah, let's 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 hear it. Let's hear a bit. Okay, Don't need so, to give it us all yet. Let's give, give us give us a flavor. So I uh I was on DWF this week, uh or the this past week, uh, and we were speaking about um the return of Badlands and the, the what if format. Um and um Tony said something really interesting to me, and it kind of like um, it, it, it intrigued me. Um, we were talking about what ifs, and he said essentially, uh, if you don't kind of um, to if you don't kind of break it down to the minute uh, details, your your what ifs are always going to lead to um, Vince being in control because WWE is such a massive entity that um, all the all the what ifs will lead to Vince being. Uh, being the boss so what i wanted to do is i wanted to to really get down into the minutia so i've uh switched it up uh and i've i've i'm actually going to focus on the the four aw champions um rather than the the wrestling business as a whole um and i've took a little bit of creative license um um the pandemic isn't a thing didn't factor into my thought whatsoever um all in happened that was a show that, that happened. It was just we didn't get AEW uh, kind of growing from that. Um, so, yeah, um, let's start with Chris Jericho, first ever AEW champion. Um, uh, with with AEW not on the cards, I, I feel we get kind of the, the same Jericho that we'd had since maybe 2011 when he would come in for um, runs in the WWE one two years at a time, then go away, do his music, or, or now obviously doing the, the kind of Jericho cruise. I don't know if that would be a thing. Um, I still think he would have uh, he would have had this run in New Japan that he, that he had. Uh, he, he got the blessing from Vince McMahon to, to do that. Um, but for me, I think Jericho would be the, the, the kind of wrestler who would still now be popping up uh, for short runs, in WWE to put over wrestlers um, as he did with with um, with Kevin Owens, as he did with Punk, uh, all that kind of uh, stuff. So for me, Jericho 
would would be a WWE laugher were it not for AEW uh, being a thing. What do you guys think about that? If you if you count, do you count a lifer as somebody who does other bookings with other companies? I'm I, I, I'm counting him as a laugher in in the the fact that he will always gravitate back to WWE. And I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I think he would he would have. I think he would have split his time between WWE and New Japan. Mm-hmm. Brief stints in both. Um, Oh, in perpetuity. Yeah, because he, he said multiple times that he got Vince's permission to do the, the, the New Japan stuff and even got his permission to to do the AEW stuff. He ran it by Vince in mm-hmm. the first place. And mm-hmm. Vince said, go for it. Do, um, do it. Little did Vince know that he would then become the leader of the competition, I suppose. Um, so next, let's, let's talk Mox. Uh, and this is where um, you two have got such kind of uh, different opinions on how Mox would would uh, would end up. I'm going to either agree with one of you or I'm going to agree with the other one. Uh, and I'm actually going to agree with Ray on this one. I think when uh, when you look at how Mox was feeling in in his uh, his last days of, of WWE, uh, the whole kind of uh, the, the bomber jacket and the, the smelly crowds and the injections and the wearing of the, the mask... This was a wrestler who was hating his time in the company. Um, he's even uh, said we, I mean, we broke down the, the podcast he did with Jericho and the podcast he did with Wade Keller. This was a guy who was so disillusioned with the wrestling business that I think even with no alternative company to, to go to, he would have left. He was he was seeing out his contract. He was uh, he was doing business the right way, but he wanted out. Um, now with no AW to go to, I still think that happens. I still think he sees out his contract. Um, I think Ray makes a good point of him being that kind of crazy, creative wrestler style that would go to these mini shows in front of ten people in a in a, a in a gymnasium and f- give them. A hardcore match that that could essentially end his career. That was what he did before WWE uh, with uh, with CZW. That's what I think he would return to. Um, so for for me, Mox uh, and I, he mentioned this actually in in the the Jericho interview. The money dis- doesn't matter to him. He's he's even uh, uh, Renee said he's he's incredibly frugal with his money. Like he literally doesn't spend a dime. Um, so I think he would be just as happy wrestling in front of 20 people as he was wrestling in front of 40,000. Uh, so I think he goes back onto the Indies and and we see the, the John Moxley before John Moxley. Yeah, I think you raise an interesting point there and kind of sh- you've, you've shown up how close-minded I approached this because you said there, everyone I've talked about, which wrestling company do they work for instead? Well, maybe they don't work for a wrestling company. Maybe they do a punk and just mm-hmm. quit um, and do something else. Maybe, maybe Mox would have done that. I, I, I've you've, you've both changed my mind. Mox, Mox to, wouldn't be in WWE. To your point, Ali, not everybody had the leverage that Punk had to walk away and still walk into something else and no. make the same money. No. But in, in Mox's case, uh, 
as Mag just said there, it sounds like he's sitting on a good bit of money because he doesn't part with it. And Renee <laughs> can always make great money anywhere in mm-hmm. any business because she's a proper journalist. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to kind of like rubber stamp the, the punk point, um, this is a guy who leveraged the name of CM Punk to get farts in the biggest mixed martial arts company in the world with zero experience. Absolutely no experience, and he got on main cards in in the UFC. That's unheard of. I know fighters who have who have had 50, 60, 70 matches in their career and never been approached by the UFC. So he he certainly had that leverage. And not just on the main card. This motherfucker was the co-main mm-hmm. on a pay-per-view. I mean, <laughs> and they, they they put it in Chicago for him. And he sucked. And he got his ass whooped. But <laughs> and, and, it's still and happening. Mickey, and Mickey Gall has a whole career based on that. So shout out to Mickey Gall. Mm-hmm. So next, I want to go to one that... Probably the more interesting champion, uh, if 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 we're, we're being fair. Uh, Kenny Omega. He obviously was uh, he was at the top of the world when he was um, the IWGP champion, having seven star matches against Okada. Um, but I think the the split with New Japan would still happen. Uh, I think he'd. I don't know if he'd become disillusioned with the company or whether he. He thought maybe he wanted to return to the West because he'd been in Japan for what a decade, and the the the, the friendship he he'd struck up with uh, the books and the friendship he'd struck up with 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 Cordy and working in Ring of Honor and things like that. I think he still leaves New Japan, and I think he eventually makes his way to WWE. At the end of the day, he was still um, one of the hottest names in wrestling at that time uh, and with no AEW to go to, I think uh, WWE is the place for, for someone of, of Kenny's talent. You can't you can't imagine a wrestler as talented as Kenny Omega working the Indies for the rest of his career. He would be a big show wrestler. I yeah. think he, he would be the kind of wrestler who Vince would push very, very quickly, kind of as quickly as he pushed maybe AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, very much rem- in that mold. You remember at that point as well, he was working with the New Day uh, outside <laughs> of WWE, but they were, they had a very strong relationship at that time. So, yeah, Good point. him, Omega to WWE just seems like a no-brainer at that stage. WWE.com even did an article about the, the New mm-hmm. Day versus the Elite. Yeah. And they, they, they mentioned his, his time in, in Deep South. Which uh, they very, very rarely did. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, Kenny comes into WWE, um, a very big star from from the off, quickly uh, to championship level. I think he gets his WrestleMania moment absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think we're all in agreement that Kenny's probably the biggest star that comes out of out of these. Uh, Page, Hangman Adam Page. Hmm. Um, when he was in New Japan, he felt, for me at least, he felt like um, a C-level wrestler. He was a good wrestler, and uh, don't get me wrong, I, I, I enjoyed watching him, but he didn't feel like he was a big star. He he was always kind of tagging with Chase Owens or with uh, Tokyo Pimp. He was never somebody who you thought would be a huge star. 
I think the AEW push benefited him so much because they put the the kind of spotlight on him from day one. Even though he didn't win the title against uh, uh, Jericho, he was put in that position instantly to make him that big star. Uh, and I don't know if that happens without AEW. Um, but I still think he ends up in the WWE system. He's too good of a wrestler to not. He's got great size. He's got a great look. He's um, he's decent on the mark, if, if not spectacular. Um, and I think he he would end up in in kind of the the role that was pinned for him when uh, the elite were having discussions with WWE. Uh, if you remember, um, the the rumors was that um, Kenny would go main. Uh, the, the books had that that amazing deal which they turned down. And that um, that Skrull and Page would be NXT bound, and I think that's where Page goes. I think he goes to NXT. Um, whether he's a big star there or not, uh, who's to say? I mean, at that time, NXT was was rife with top talent, um, so he would have to work really hard to kind of uh, push his 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 head above uh, the the level of talent there, um, but. If he was able to do that, I see him then going to the main roster and and at least getting mid card level um, titles. It's maybe a push to world titles if if uh, if everything was right. But um, I think Page would would be an NXT star. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I, I, I think that I think you, you're pretty spot on with all those to be honest I good <laughs> I put I put forward on that and it's kind of linked to what you say there I of everyone who goes elsewhere because aew doesn't exist I think Kenny Omega would be a bigger star if aew didn't exist than 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 it existing I think I think I think Kenny's limited himself. I think everyone else is going to be a bigger star in AEW than if they went to WWE. Mm-hmm. So I think I think quite a lot of them would have fallen by the wayside or got stuck in the NXT system. But Omega, Omega's limited himself. I think. I agree. I, I have one major disagreement about Hangman Page. Hangman Page is absolutely 
unequivocally the beneficiary of being the elite. Everything yeah. about Hangman Page as a character that people follow, fell in love with, that drew him and made him popular, that made him somebody that could be the guy that main events the first shows was because of being the elite. You said it best. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, he was just a, a random dude. The whole reason they got the hangman gimmick was because they had Adam Cole and Adam Page and they couldn't tell the two apart. Mm-hmm. So the dude started, because where he's from, he started bringing the news to the ring and shit like that. And But when he was initially in New Japan, he was that C-level wrestler, right? Chase, Chase Owens level. But Bullet Club is fine is when he took Cody's side, stuck up and, and, and stood up to Kenny, and then he started getting a bit of a, a I don't want to say a push because, I mean, he was never really pushed that well in New Japan, but the fans started to see, okay, well, we know the dude can wrestle, and now we're starting to see the dude's character. So I think because of what being the elite did, we're talking about everything that if AW didn't exist. So being the elite is still canon. It still happened, right? I think that would have pushed him and eclipsed him to maybe not to world champion level from jump like he did when he main evented the first pay-per-view against Jericho. I don't, wouldn't have been nothing like that. But I do think that had AEW not existed and he not gotten the great slow push that he got, the great push initially and then the slow burn back to the top, I still think he would have walked in and, and he, he, he could have went back to Ring of Honor and immediately been world champion. He could have walked in NXT and immediately been in the world championship and NXT championship picture. I think being the elite did that much for him. I don't know. I I, I get what you're, you're saying, you and you make a, a great point that he he definitely did benefit from being involved in that whole group, um, probably the most because the books would have been fine without being the elite. Kenny mm-hmm. Omega would have been fine without being the elite. Mm-hmm. Cody would have been fine without being the elite. Hangman has definitely benefited from uh, benefited from that. But if you go back to um, uh, his last uh, few months in in New Japan uh, before before they broke away and, and formed AEW, he was in six months. He was uh, in the he was in the chase for the never six man titles. And uh, I think if I remember rightly, his, his last match was at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and he was on the pre show, and he, he was, and yeah. his, his team was the first eliminated. So he he in terms of star power. Um, Pre AEW, um, being the elite didn't do a lot for him um, uh, in in pushing him further up the card. I think post signing for AEW, being the elite helped him so much, like helped him immensely, uh, and leading to All In, being the elite helped him um, immensely to to the point where the, his storyline with um, he who must not be named was was probably one of the more interesting stories going into that pay-per-view. But I think he benefited more from being the elite post-AW being a thing. And without AW being a thing, he's not going to get that benefit. That may be the case. One more thing real quick, Tyler. I just want yeah. I just, I to just remind you all that Japan is notoriously tough on new gaijins. And mm-hmm. Cody was the king of the indies and the king of non-WWE. And they treated him like garbage. Not the company, but the fans hated him. And not from a he's doing good heel work thing. Like they wouldn't even give him any interest. 
So yet, yet he was still US champion, and Page was never champion. I mean, okay. Hangman okay. had a major match at the ma- at the show where the Golden Lovers fought the, the fought the Bucks. Yeah, he US did. Yeah. So I mean, he had big moments. No, I, I, and yeah, and he, I'm, I think in one of the uh, the G ones, he got a win over uh, a Carter, which is huge. But but it didn't lead to him having a significant push. He was still okay. uh, he was still um, one of the multi man style wrestlers, which is a shame because he's he's blossomed into uh, a character you can really get behind. And I don't think without without AW, I, I don't think he he gets that that push and he has to work a hell of a lot harder to get to the point where he's at. I, def- I definitely agree with that. I, f- I, f- I think his push was coming in new Japan. And I think it's again, linked to the, the Western expansion. I think he would like, like Ray says, I think he was, he was second against Jay white on that card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a massive match. Um, I think he would have been a big part of that US expansion. Like I said, right at the start of the show, would have been a lot bigger and a much bigger deal if AEW didn't come and kind of steal that thunder. Um, and, and I completely agree with you. I think he he was the best character on being the elite from 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 very early on. Early on, he he's a really from, uh, from being haunted by his own boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah the funny side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The funny side, but he's also a very, he's also a very sympathetic character, and <laughs> and he's carried that all the way through to AEW, and that's why the that's why the fans are behind him. Yeah. What what would have let him down if that hadn't happened, and he ends up in NXT? Is he's a completely different character because WWE would just create a new one for him. Um, and sorry, but then they would have gave him a different. Definitely would have gave him a different name. But you think they would have gave him a different character? Hangman would not have carried in WWE. Not at all. No, no. I think they would have changed too much. So, I, I've, I've, like I said, I think um, he's ended up in the right place for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do, I do think he would have been a bigger deal in New Japan if the expansion had gone ahead without AEW. I agree. But my kind of a caveat was that all in happened, and the kind of split with uh, the elite was was already in effect. So he had no kind of recourse apart from leaving new japan okay yeah okay and here ended... you... no that's okay. it that's that's the only the that's the four i really wanted to focus on and you you essentially agreed with me so i'm happy with with my picks how much more do you have tally because i only have two myself um i've got i've got one one that that's pertinent to myself and mags and that's in in the uk the impact it has in the uk um because i think so we've got before before or before um I've forgotten their name we'll be talking about them for an hour <laughs> before all elite launches <laughs> so itv here which is our second biggest tv station um they clearly want to get into wrestling they launched their own um world of world of sport wrestling that they throw a lot of money behind to be to begin with um that kind of peters out it wasn't you know be it be it it was produced badly or be it w, uh, nxt uk kind of scuppered the plans whatever it was it didn't work but, but itv clearly have the appetite for for wrestling and aew 
come in and they fill that hole. So ITV straight away sign up, stick it on, stick it on their app, stick it on their, stick it on their channels in reasonably, reasonably decent slots. I, I wonder, I wonder what ITV would have done given their hunger for wrestling if AEW didn't launch, and would that have been a, a, a different type of British wrestling company? Would I always come back to, to progress? I, I, I feel at that point in time, if progress could have got on TV, it could have been massive here and could have could have led to a real. I mean, Brit, Brit rest was was in resurgence anyway, but it could have taken it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my world, that happens. ITV sign a different British company and throw weight behind it, and actually, British wrestling becomes a bit more, a bit more popular here, and then. I mean, well, before I go on to the next one, because the next one's wildly different. Any anything to add to that? Or yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if it be if it would be progress in particular because they were were pretty much under the WWE banner at that time. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Uh, so then the next thought would be maybe it would be NXT UK, but I think with the deal that uh, WWE had with Sky, it was very very exclusive. So I don't think they could have got away with putting a WWE product on a competitive channel. Um, so then you're looking a little bit lower down the the pecking order, and I think uh, a company that that you're a massive fan of takes up that mantle. I think you see Rev Pro fill that gap. Yeah, defiant, aka work culture. Like for a while, they like you yeah. said yourself. Yeah, work. Yeah, that's. I mean, what what culture would have been would have been perfect because mm-hmm. that, that, that got a lot of lot of traction. But mm-hmm. you, you're right, Mags. Um, Rev, Rev Pro could have done. It. I think I think Rev Pro had a show on Free Sport, which is a, a very cheap channel. Um, that didn't really work, but. Uh, that that's more to do with the channel than than the promotion. Yeah, and with the production quality behind um, RTV, uh, I, I think it, with the the wrestling style of of Red Pro and the star power that they they would have brought in, I think it would have worked maybe better than World of Sport. Yeah, and that could still happen. I, I get the impression. I don't really know. Anything. I get the impression they're starting to throw less support behind AEW. I think they've even taken it off their app now, ITV. Its yeah. numbers have done horrific. Yeah. Let's not be around the watch. I mean, it, we argued at the at the at the time that they got a bum deal off off RTV with the the slot they got. Um they were basically in in, in the the death hours, uh you got an edited down version of the show uh like a week after the no, after the the show aired in America. Um, yeah, they, I think that uh, whilst AW harped up that RTV deal, it was a terrible, terrible deal. And they are legitimately getting beat week in, week out by reruns of Manda, a show <laughs> that hasn't been on TV, hasn't been recorded for 30 years. And they handily beat AW time and time again. Um, so I, I think, yeah. Uh, AW haven't done the numbers that that RTV want, but that's not AW's fault. That's the fault of the slot that that RTV gave. I mean, nobody watches RTV for nobody. No, and I think part of the problem there also is, I think I I think ITV want like World of Sport. I think they want wrestling on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. 
like mm. it always used to be, where it can be massive, where we've got a lot of captured viewership, but they've got no control over AEW, so they have got no control over the content. The content isn't appropriate for Saturday tea time. So I no. do wonder I do wonder if the AEW deal will run out and hopefully they've still got an appetite for wrestling and they come up with something different that they've got an investment in and serves the UK better. Um, so my last, my, my last one, my last thing to look at, and obviously it's a big one, is what changes for WWE if AEW doesn't come into an existence? And I, I struggled with this one. I, I started with, so, so we've had conversations recently about this, the, the power dynamic shifted in WWE and the, the talent, particularly the talent that have come from the indies, know they have an alternative or hope they've got an alternative. And that they're, they're kind of leveraging that a bit. They're being a bit more difficult, shall we say, if, if, if rumors are to be believed and and standing up for themselves more. So, uh, and this has potentially fed into the change in NXT, where WWE now have just said, right, we're really going to create our own stars again now from scratch. I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens if if, if AEW doesn't exist. I think AEW has forced their hand on that. Um, I think WWE have said, we can't afford to spend three years training someone to go to AEW. That's just that makes no economic sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We're training indie wrestlers how to look good on camera, and then they're going going to be on someone else's camera. Cut that. So I think NXT, the old style, just continues going because it was so popular, and and yeah, it was popular. I, I mean, I don't know how much money it was earning them, but you'd have to assume a little bit. Um, and it was keeping those, it was keeping those fans who wanted a a realer style of wrestling interested and signed up to the network crucially. So I don't think NXT change. I don't think NXT changes to NXT 2.0 thinking about people we haven't already talked about. I think the obvious one who stays is Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole would, would be a pretty big star in WWE bigger than he was obviously he's big in NXT, but I think he actually goes on to be big in SmackDown or raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, <laughs> Right, I, I, I don't know about this. I don't think Roman Reigns turns heel. I, I think that was. I think Reigns's heel turn was a massive uh, fan pleasing moment. It's probably not the right thing to say. It kind of was a fan pleasing moment in hmm. fans were clamoring for Reigns to turn. I, I, well, uh, one particular fan was not. Was one no? Mr. I was, with, I was with you. I was with you. I was with you. I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think AEW's influence has influenced much of WWE's storyline lining. But I think that one massive thing really diverted a lot of attention back onto SmackDown. Um, at, at an at an appropriate time for the for the for the competition for the war that was going on. Um, I I think they continued to bang the drum with Reigns as a face and just you're going to like this or you're going to lump it much like they did with Cena for so many years. Um, so in, in terms of affecting WWE storylines, that that one I think it changes. Those are those are how I think WWE get affected. I don't I don't think I don't think there are massive changes to what WWE are doing, but those few things I think would be different. Go ahead, Max, because I'm gonna 
do my part after he finishes. If we have some <laughs> <massive> disagreements, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I can see where you're going to disagree. Um, but Paul does make a lot of sense. WWE is such a big juggernaut that uh, it, it's, it's very rare another wrestling company even has the remotest effect on on WWE. Um, and I think they continue to phone it in, essentially, knowing that they uh, they've got such a monopoly on the televised wrestling market that they don't need to up the game. Because there's nobody else to watch. If you do, if you want to watch wrestling, you're watching the WWE. With no AW there, there's no alternative. Um, I'm not getting into that firefight of whether Roman Reigns is heel or not. That's uh, I'll let you two gun that out. Uh, but I, I I do think that there has been some influence from AEW uh, being a thing in terms of what wrestlers got pushers. And uh, what wrestlers got shifted to NXT and then moved up to the main card uh, to kind of counteract that indie style, maybe. But yeah, I, I do agree with uh, quite a lot of what Paul said. <sighs> okay. Oof. First and foremost. Oh, he's, he's inhaled. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> First and foremost. <laughs> right? And I'm all oh, I got the actual nebulizer back here, though. Actual bad boy. Um. First of all, <laughs> it's important to note, and I've said this multiple times, and I believe this. You can disagree. That's fine. This is a this is one that is a fair disagreement. AEW has not affected main roster a WWE in any way. Vince does not give one fuck about anything they do with regards to Raw or SmackDown. The only reason that Vince had a problem with the way it affected NXT was because AEW did NXT better than NXT did NXT. And so he was like, what's the point? Right? So I think, we'll, and we'll get to that in a minute. In regards to Roman Reigns' point, you're missing one major factor. Two major factors, actually. Number one, this was in COVID. This wasn't just something that randomly happened. Roman turned heel during, during COVID, Right? So that leads me to the second thing I think you missed. Roman walked out on the company because these motherfuckers kept getting sick. And Roman said, no, nah, son, I'm staying at home. The only reason Roman came back was because he wanted to turn hill and Vince was finally like, all right, cool. So this wasn't a Vince call. Roman called Paul Heyman and they said, this is what I want to do. Let's come up with an idea. And Roman said, this is what I want to do when I come back. I'm not coming back unless you let me do this. So that wasn't the thing that Vince said. Oh, we gotta get we gotta get him back, pal. So that's my that that's the only reason why I massively disagree disagree with that that point. Okay, I can jump in there. Yes, sir. Is does Roman have that power to change Vince's yes. mind on that because yes. of AEW? No, he can't. He can't have Roman Reigns walk out to AEW. No, he's he's not, he wasn't gonna leave. This, well, you're, you're, you're saying he's not going to he's not going to come back and he's not going to wrestle during COVID. During and, COVID, yes, because yeah. oh, the man we're, is, still in, we're still in COVID. Does that mean he's still not wrestling now? Sure, but at the time there weren't vaccines yet, right? At the time, uh, the company refused to have a mask policy. So all this was done because Vince wasn't running his company right. If he made everybody wear masks, 
right? If you made everybody socially distanced, like they're supposed to, like, and if everybody did what they're supposed to at home, Romanov would have left. That's the reason he left. It's because these people kept doing stupid shit. And when you get there, you're not even forcing nobody to wear no damn mask or nothing, right? Or added to that, NXT never had a mask policy and they very clearly was just having like COVID parties out there down there in Florida. And these dudes were coming to the main roster to be the crowd or to be extras or to fill in for people who got sick and had to go. So Roman made a made a decision for himself. Now, he didn't walk out on the company. He just said, y'all get y'all shit together. And this is what I'm going to do, right? And to his credit, it wasn't just him. Kevin Owens walked away. Daniel Bryan walked away. This wasn't just the Roman Reigns thing. Now, Roman, Roman is one of maybe five wrestlers in the company that has any type of leverage, right? Roman, I'm talking regular wrestlers. I'm talking John Cena or Brock Lesnar. I'm talking regular roster. And Roman never was one to use leverage, but he was like, look, this is what I want to do. And to his point, it fit. And it, it wasn't just something, this wasn't just some, Roman didn't come back as, as, uh, as super Roman, the superhero with the cape. He came back as the same dude, just like, I'm sick of your shit. So it, everything fit. Um, I hear your arguments. I think there it's a fun conversation to have, but I just don't I just don't think it's legitimate because based I'm not basing this on conjecture based on what every party has said re- involving the situation, what Roman has said, what Paul Heyman has said, you know. So this is this isn't just this wasn't just, and given where we were as as a country, he <laughs> he gonna walk to AEW when AEW had just as many problems as WWE had. AW was having the same issues. People was getting sick. Nobody was masked up. Yeah, nobody was masked up. AW had more non non wrestlers coming to their shows than WWE had. All the people they had backstage popping in and out of there. So this was this was very much, I think, just uh, survival of the fittest. I'm gonna take care of myself type thing. I'm sick. I'm a million no compromise. I've had I beat leukemia twice, and I got two babies at the house that just were born. Yeah, man, I'm not going to come to your place till you get your shit together. And when I'm ready to come back, this is this is the one time I can use the leverage to do what I want to do for you to bring me back. So, you know, we can agree to disagree on that one. That's Your point is what I've never thought about. You made me think. So well done on you. <laughs> um, and, and, and listeners, that's how you have a debate about wrestling where you have two totally opposing viewpoints and you don't fall out with each other and you don't block each other on Twitter. See, it can be done, people. You haven't, well, seen, you haven't seen the tweet I just put in my draft about him. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I just sent some nasty stuff to add Ray Encounter. He's he's just, uh, Tony's just added uh, Ray to his journalism muted account. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time. No, not the first. I've been muted by quite a few people, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, so if I can get to my little portion here, um, because no, much like that's, Max... that's enough time. We've, Hi. We've done. Thank you guys. <laughs> nah, no, I just I just um I want to talk about the there's two things I want to talk about in regards to this what if, and then I'll be done. And then we can get out of here because I know it's late. I want to talk about the NXT's perspective, I want to talk about Tony Khan in general. 
from the NXT perspective, I, I agree with you, Tali, but I'm going to go a little further. I absolutely agree that they would have doubled down and NXT would have stayed the same. Because NXT was just starting to make money because they signed the deal. Right? NXT did not make NXT didn't make regular money until I'm I'm talking like they weren't in the in the in the black regularly until they signed the TV deal, which was in the works, people, for for years. Um they made great gates. But because of the the massive money grabber black hole that the PC is, and the crazy number of people Hunter kept signing, they were always in the red. But Triple H had, had explained events correctly and almost like brainwashingly that this is necessary for the future of the business. Okay. So I think NXT would have would have not only stayed the same, but I think NXT would have really became the proper third brand that they said they were, and to much like ECW ended up being. I and mean, I'm just talking about third brand and name only, and you know we pop up when no, I mean like third brand in the sense yeah, in the sense of Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, yeah. NXT every year. Third yeah. brand in the sense of there's NXT matches on every major pay per view every like shit like that. That's what I really believe that would have been the case. Um, I also think that Triple H's idea of global localization actually happens because mm-hmm. AEW killed NXT as we knew it. NXT 1.0, it did because what's the NXT was the alternative for AEW for for WWE fans that they don't want to see what Vince did Vince, Vince booking and NXT was different. NXT was our indie guys who were different than the main roster guys for the most part, wrestled differently told different stories, was a little more adult. And when AEW came around, what? why would I watch that? I don't have to because I got it over here. And I'm supporting this company I clearly don't care about. So like, they, they took everything that NXT was doing and just said, no, nah, we're going to do it over here with this different coat of paint and make it more shiny. And so that's what led to all this. But before that, Triple H had a plan they had already moved to UK, which you talked about. They were going to the Far East. I don't want to just say China because it was China, Japan, that whole area down there. They were going to South America, and they had already started the works for Indy, for India, mm-hmm. NXT India, right? Shout out to Ring King from the old TNA days. They had already started working on that shit, right? Shout out to for to Global Force Gold, where you can <laughs> ca- cash in your gold. <laughs> Deep cuts on deep cuts only here on Battlelands, um, but I think that happens because so many people feel and say that WWE was hoarding people, and they were. But at least for a portion of it, there was a point, and it was the global localization. The entire purpose of the NXT North American Championship was to be so that NXT was the new NWA, and so the NXT champion can go to the main roster and work, can go to Japan and work. Can go to South America and work. Can go to India and work. Can go to UK and work. But every single, every single one of the little fiefdoms, if you will, has their own champion of that era area. That was the point of it. And then AW happened. So I think those are the two main things from NXT's point of view that changed dramatically, right? Um, 
I also think, and by the way, if 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 NXT would have became the third brand, Vince would have got his hands on it. So who's to say what that what happens with that? <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is that we, none of us have talked about is if AEW doesn't exist, what happens to Tony Khan? Now Tony Khan was is very much a diehard wrestling fan. AW or not. The boy is like addicted to the shit. Um, I think, and there have been reports, he I think he's even said it himself, but that he was before all in happened, he was already looking to try to find a way to get into the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. I think that he finds a way to either bankroll a smaller company or create his own company. But I think it is the proper indie style. I don't think he goes straight to AEW. The reason he was able to do that was because it was a perfect storm of the right free agents at the right time. If there is no Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Hangman Page, Young Bucks, and so on and so forth, he can't he can't just say, "Hey, wrestling new wrestling company TNT, what's up, baby?" We got t- you can't do that. So I think he would have been Brett Lauderdale. Or I know he's I know we don't fuck with the dude no more, but Larry Dallas, right? I think would have been on that level of I'm gonna create my own indie and I'm gonna basically book how I want to and don't care about the money because it's not a place to make enough money. Just have some fun. Tony was gonna get into wrestling whether or not. AW existed, and I think he just wouldn't have—he would have done it, but just in a smaller capacity. I think you're you're right, and and I have heard the 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 same uh, conversations that he was always going to get into the business. I don't think he starts an indie promotion. I think he buys um, a company that's already built. Um, probably Impact. I think he en- he ends up buying the rights to Impact and and running it. Essentially, as AEW, but Impact Wrestling, he'd have, he'd have, he'd have a better shot buying Ring of Honor from Sinclair because they don't give a fuck about them. Anthem cares so much about Impact that they bought Access TV so they'd have a place to be on television. Yeah, Anthem I cares mean, about Impact. I mean, Impact's just the first name I throw out, uh, but yeah, I think he buys a ready-made promotion. Maybe fair. Hell, hell, with respect, Brett Lauderdale is doing. Great work in GCW. Can you imagine if they had money? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's Tony's style, though. With the GCW kind of hardcore wrestling style. I think he's more the Attitude Era WWE style. Max, he's an ECW mark. So. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I think he had, um, his, he had his billionaire daddy take his ass down to the fucking. ECW Arena. He's a, he care about that type of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, maybe any of those kind of like um, um, higher echelon indie promotions would be something that he would be interested in buying. But I, I certainly think you're right that if he didn't have that that core group of wrestlers to build a company around, he buys a ready made company and then kind of molds it to his 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 own kind of wishes and desires afterwards. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with that. He, he's, he's, I think he was very much an opportunist and and saw 
saw the value in the elite and and hitched his cart to it. Um, I think he also needs, he needed their knowledge. I think particularly Cody's knowledge starting from scratch. I I just don't think he would have got any wit. It wouldn't even look anything like the same. Um, It it might not have got any traction um, because, you know, who's this guy? Um, Can we talk about the most underrated person in the entire, uh, whatever you want to call it, the the leadership of AW? Dana Massey is the most important person in that company. That's Matt's wife because she's Mm -hmm. over all the merch. The reason you know the Young Bucks as they are is because Dana sat down and comes up with all these ideas. So shout Dana Massey really is like very, very underrated. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, important sure. to everything that sure. we're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I on Tony Khan, I I wonder if he does something in our neck of the woods, Mags. If he doesn't well, do yeah. he doesn't do all he obviously he's got Fulham, um Wembley or uh, Wembley is like Jacksonville Jaguars second home. I, I, he must have a home in London. I, I'm sure. I wonder if 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 actually he tries to start again, tries to start to get a British wrestling resurgence. That's obviously, get, I'm sorry. Yeah. Again, going back to ITV, getting getting onto ITV and onto British TV was a big part of his ambition. <laughs> um, so. So doing, I, doing a UK show is something that he's he's time and again said that is is he wants to do. So yeah, you make a great point. Yeah, I think I think he said it was double or nothing or something should have been here. I think he's openly said that. Yeah, he um, wants a show at Craven Cottage, which that's what I'm going to ask. Pick better players <laughs> uh, places than than Craven yeah. Cottage because it's a shithole. Why don't um, the Jaguars play at Craven Cottage? Wembley's um, a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, and and every NFL game fills Wembley, ninety thousand people. Yeah, fair enough. And okay. and yeah. Craven Cottage is what twenty two thousand, maybe. Oh, probably about um, that. I dare say there's a there's a contract clause in 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 the the deal with the NFL that they have to play a a huge arena because it wouldn't be financially beneficial to come over to to the UK for twenty two thousand. I don't think. No. What's the what's the other arena that would be big enough at the act? Um, when no, Wembley's the biggest, Wembley, uh, Cardiff, Cardiff, eighty five, Cardiff, eighty thousand, Trafford, Trafford, bigger than Etihad. Then I think so. Yeah, a lot bigger. I think. I think that oh, old Trafford okay. is like seventy two thousand. About that. I think the Emirates would be similar, wouldn't it? Um, I don't think it's that big. Uh, the London Stadium, um, uh, West Ham Stadium, that's huge. That's like nearly a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'd have a, a lot of space for floor seating on that because it's an Olympic track. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I mean, I'm done. So, yeah, I think it was it, a, a really cool conversation. Um, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, um, and it, it just goes to show again, and we keep mentioning it, the but the the subjectivity. Of, of wrestling how we can all approach one topic and have totally different kind of viewpoints and mindsets uh, i think it's going to make for uh, some very very interesting topics as uh, as this show kind of rolls forward um but we need to pick a topic for next week um and i think i will do the honorable thing and allow 
the new uh, the new member of the team, Mr. Cash, to uh, to pick that topic. Me? <laughs> yes, sir. You? <laughs> oh snap! Okay, I got one. I've been thinking about this all day, and I'm I'm gonna make your asses work. All right. What if Shota Aminu? I'm joking. What if <laughs> <laughs> I know he started oh. scribbling? <laughs> he's he's already got that planned out. That's universe. <laughs> what if Shota Aminu was check Paul's <laughs> WordPress for that fan fiction? <laughs> what if Shota? What if Shota was a red shoe son, but he was Earl Hebner's? <gasps> oh Jesus! No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It, it, um, it'd, no. be, it'd be selling knockoff shirts out the back of his wagon. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Hebner. Um, no, um, legitimately, what if Vince Vince J McMahon didn't sell WWWF to Vincent K McMahon? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I basically, what if Vince? What if Vince never owned the WWF? Interesting. Very. I, mean, I I already have my kind of roadmap to that straight away. Um, but again, I'll play my cards close to my chest, and we'll uh, we'll speak about that next week. I've got, I've got some work to do. Because you don't is know it? Vincent J McMahon is. <laughs> what is a Vincent McMahon? <laughs> Shout out to that episode of Badlands where you forgot who Vince McMahon was. <laughs> Oh man, so good. Is, is that okay? Because I can make it more modern if you want. No, I love it. No, it's great. Okay, that's a, a great, great topic, and I'm sure we'll have lots of fun uh, trying to dissect that next week. But uh, yep, that's another episode of Badlands in the can. Uh, let's let's go around around the horn and give our socials so we can get on out of here. Um, Mr. Cash, where can the the good Badland listeners find you? The good, bad, now listeners can follow your boy at It's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y as Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And they can also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash The Chair Shot and go pick up some merchandise. I'm, you know, I, I look, I, I have 17 podcasts. I, have, I kind of am used to doing this shit. Um, but yeah, go pick up some stuff. We got all types of stuff. We got bandwagon nerds. We got hashtag journalism. We got everybody hates Greg. I'm still I'm still pushing to get a Bendai knee shirt. And you know what? What's up with a Badlands shirt? You mm-hmm. never know. So how let you boys. Um, it is the holiday season, so uh get your significant other a pro a, a chairshot.com t-shirt and yeah. watch them be pissed. But be <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted perfume. <laughs> Um, no, you get a hate Baron Corbin suck shirt. That's what you get. <laughs> you get a hashtag journalism shirt and like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could follow me on on the social medias in one place. That's twitter.com slash podfathermags or at podfathermags where I am uh, actually a genuine lord. So bend our knee. Uh, but now time for the best part of Badlands. Main event. He kind of welched on it a little bit last week, so I hope he's uh, he's got his practice in and he's got his script ready. Mr. Tolly, time for that go home. You don't help with applying the pressure there. If I just went into it naturally... It... <laughs> I'm just trying to make you quit again. <laughs> Damn. Man, that's that's harsh, isn't it? Just second second show. I, I want you to be here, Paul. I don't Thank know you. about Thank Mag. You. 
<laughs> I, I, I can see me being usurped from the show now. No. <laughs> Ray and Paul having clandestine meetings behind us. Their own no mags uh, DM group. <laughs> I mean, we do have it's our own thing. private chat. I'm just saying. That's why I went silent. It all got a bit awkward there, didn't it? Does he? Does he know? <laughs> uh, you can you can follow me at Rain Counter on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast at Badlands Pod again on Twitter. You can um, head over to uh, your podcast provider of choice and subscribe to Cheershot Radio, where you'll find this show every single Thursday. Um, and all the other wonderful content from Cheershot Radio, including our other, our other, um, our other show, Cheer, Cheershot Radio. Um, <laughs> head trauma, head trauma, <laughs> <laughs> which is Friday, Friday mornings. Yes, that's Friday mornings. Yeah. Um, Ray, uh, Ray's already said, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Cheershot and pick up all your your merch for Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. And the cheershot.com head over there for all your hard hitting pro wrestling news and opinion. I think that's all the links. Please uh, come and listen again next week. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Look after yourself. Take care. Good night. Always use your head. Always use your head. <laughs> 95 percent, bro. 95. Let down right on the last sentence. NA minus. We've got to give you an air minus. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.